You're listening to the Close to Home Podcast, where we believe your home should feel like your favorite place, not just a space. Tune in to get your questions answered, hear from experts, and learn the newest trends, how-tos, and stories to live your best life at home. If you're ready to learn about the housing market, get your financial house in order, be entertained, or make your best life at home, this show is for you. Now here's your host, realtor, educator, investor, and dog lover, Brennan Klaus. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Close to Home podcast. This is Brennan Klaus and I'm here with... Tracy Erickson. Well, we are so excited today to have back on the podcast, Stacia Weishar with Cornerstone. Hello, Stacia. Hi, you guys. Excited to be back. Thank you for joining us. There's a lot to cover with mortgage and finance. It's so, it's just for days. Cops it's riveting. Days. And you, you can't really, honestly, this is a good lesson for anyone listening because you can't really cover it in just one episode. You really need more than one because yeah. it's so complex. Yeah. So it's, not complex. An, it's not an internet search. Well, if you listen to the first episode, you heard all about the difference between on calculators and what people are actually pre-approved for and kind of the process behind um, getting a loan, what, what you and your team, Stacia, are doing during that process. But today, we want to talk about a new really hot topic, which is refinancing. Oh, so yeah. yeah, maybe you could start and tell us why is refinancing such a hot topic right now? For someone who has no idea about finance, like why is refinance exciting at this point? It's exciting. Well, it's exciting because interest rates are really low. I mean, um, money is inexpensive um, to borrow, and it's it's cheap. Um, and what know, is low? <laughs> well, it depends on the. So that's everybody goes. What's the rate today? Well, there's a wide, wide, wide range, right? So it's based on your loan amount. It's based on the type of financing. Are you conventional conforming? Are you high balance conventional conforming? Depending on your county that you're in, um, are you jumbo? Um, what's your debt to income ratio? What's your loan to value? Value being the, uh, the value of your property versus your loan amount. So there's this kind of like wide range, right? So, but interest rates are, I would say, um, like on average, three and a half percent, like jumbo is like down to the low twos. Um, and the type of loan too, are you on a 30 year fixed? Are you on a, are you on a 20 year fixed? Are you on a 15 year fixed? Are you on an adjustable rate mortgage? What's really interesting right now is, is when the pandemic hit in March, um, uh, mortgage interest rates did these like crazy, crazy things. <laughs> Craziness. Um, I remember one day, and I'll just tell you a brief story. I had a client who called me one morning and he was like, okay, let's refinance. I was waking up at five in the morning because the markets were really, really volatile in March. And um, I still wake up early when I know there's going to be some volatility. And when the markets first open, and I'm starting to look at the marketplace and watch interest rates to see if there's opportunity for clients. And so this specific client, I'd, I'd been up since four and I was kind of getting prepared. And I was like, today's your day. You've got to lock it in. Like right now this morning, like six o'clock, I'm messaging him. He's like, it's really early. I said, this is it. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, and by the time he's like, I'll call you at three, three 30. Like, okay. And I kept watching the market and I was like, oh my goodness, like this is insane. Um, I'm like, it's continuing to get worse. I think you should lock in now and like text me your questions, email me your questions. Like I'll call you this afternoon. No big deal. By the time he called me, and about that point in the day, it was 3.30, and I, I was just like, I can't even explain my day. Um, I The interest rate when he called me was two points higher, two percentage points higher than what it was that morning. 
And we saw this crazy volatility. And the reason that happened actually is kind of this unprecedented thing that we've never seen before in mortgage financing. Um, like everything else in the year 2020, it was unprecedented. And what happened was, is the mortgage-backed securities, um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are conventional mortgage-backed securities, and they're really driven by the bond market. And when the pandemic first hit, what happened was, um, in a normal world, right, you write your checks to, let's say, Cornerstone or ABC Institution. But that loan gets packaged and bundled and sold back on the secondary market for conventional financing to Fannie and Freddie. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac mortgage-backed securities government-sponsored entities um, for the last recession. They were bought out of distress. And so the federal government really has influence on the mortgage-backed securities. Well, in a normal world, right, you still write your checks as a consumer to institutions. You have no idea this is happening, but it's packaged and bundled to the secondary market. The secondary market then puts it into these, let's call it investments, these silos. And then the Goldman Sachs of the world buy these investments and put them into our portfolios and they end up in your 401ks and investment portfolios, right? That's how the world normally works. Well, when the pandemic hit, <laughs> the Goldman Sachs the world were like, whoa, 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 we're not buying those mortgage-backed securities. It's too high of a risk. And so they stopped buying them. So the federal government said, well, we're not going to have a liquidity crisis again. We're not going to have a housing recession. We're not going to have a liquidity crisis. We want consumers to be able to continue to buy property. We want people to still be able to buy a home. We want people to continue to be able to refinance if they need to. And so they came in to the tune of billions billions and billions and billions of dollars of federal money that they printed and purchased mortgage-backed securities in these massive swings off the secondary market. So like the market was freezing up and they said, we're going to spend $40 billion today and we're going to buy mortgage-backed securities off the secondary market. And what that did, and my example of my client was he was just caught in this perfect storm. And I was like ready to throw my computer out that day. I just started laughing when he called me and I didn't mean to. I was like, I don't know. Well, what was happening was they were buying these mortgage-backed securities and it caused this massive, massive like, instability around what lenders do, which is hedge. So what we do is we hedge um, what interest rates are going to be in the future. And so when they were doing this, the federal government thought they were helping, which in theory they were, but it was caused this massive inability to hedge what interest rates would be in the future. So lenders were like, oh my God, interest rates were just swinging. Um, that has stopped, right? And so the, so companies like mine and across the United States, they all got together and they're like, time out, time out, like stop doing what you're doing because it's not allowing us to properly price or hedge rates because we're seeing these massive market swings on the bot. Like it's just causing... So they said that to the government that was trying to bail it out? Okay. They said stop. Stop buying it. In massive swings at $40 billion. Like don't take $40 billion in a day and buy mortgage-backed securities. It causes these unstable marketplaces. Sorry, just to to make sure I understand and everyone listening. So, if the government hadn't bought those out, would the would the interest rate gone up drastically? Is that what would have happened? Like, did that help or aid from the government keep the interest rate lower? Um, the aid has helped keep rates low. It was okay. the it, it was the mechanism of which they were doing it, which caused questioning and kind of instability on hedging. Okay. Yeah, the large quantities all in one. Yeah, yeah. So Got that it. has stopped. And so, but the feds have been really um, great in that they've, I believe, my opinion is they've, you know, they've, they've kept continuously kept this liquidity happening, which has caused rates to go low. Um, as most consumers do, um, when the federal government meets, they talk about the prime rate. That happens quarterly. Like, rates are zero. You don't even know how many times my phone is. 
mortgage rates are not zero, but the Fed rate is zero. Like the federal government has committed to keeping the um, interest rates with um, really in ex- really low for the next two years. That's what they're stating, right? That's what Powell's stating. Um, and so what that is is it's it's uh, short term debt, so student loans, car loans, credit cards. Um, it, but it does have a bearing impact on mortgage-backed securities as well. Um, so I do believe that interest rates are going to continue to stay low. It's why refinancing is an exciting topic. Um, you know, I, I would say if you're over three and a half percent right now on a conventional loan, you should refinance. Uh, um, what's fascinating though, and what's really interesting is some of the economists and analysts that I listen to are and are who very intelligent um, are stating that rates are going to go lower again next year. And I'm like, how is that possible? What's going to happen? Is, would that only be possible with the government help as again? Is that I how it would I don't be? know. I mean, the, the purchasing of the mortgage-backed securities, I mean, what's, what's been really interesting, and you guys know this, is that housing has continued to be very stable. Um, it's been a great investment yeah. for people. And so, you know, what's been normal get normalized, so that, you know, more, the, the Goldman Sachs of the world are purchasing mortgage-backed securities. So we are seeing this continuous, like, investment uh secondary market liquidity happening which is great and the feds still are like making sure that they're helping Fannie and freddie um not end up in a liquidity crisis i think they've got their finger on the pulse on that um so you know i think what's interesting is like is now a great time to refinance or not um and really what i tell my clients is you want to see at least a half a percent or more savings on your rate Okay. Okay. So at least a half a percent reduction. So if you're at three percent, three and a half percent, and you want to go down to three percent, you know, there's there's really questions. Three questions I ask clients when I call and they go, "I want to refinance," and I go, "Why?" <laughs> That's my first question. Why? Yeah. Well, your rates are low. Okay. Well, I mean, yes, they are potentially lower than where you're at, but are you going to keep your house? Do you have plans to sell your house? And if so. When are your plans? Oh, I don't know. Four years from now. Okay, four years from now. So four years um, is a you know it seems like I guess in our world today it seems like a lifetime, and then March seems like it was like ten years ago in my world uh, for everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> but four years, you know, that's a pretty short period of time from an investment perspective on your real estate. And so, like, when are we going to recoup the costs associated with refinancing? And there are costs, right? Sometimes you can absorb those costs by having a higher interest rate. It's called a rebate. You get a rebate back from the lender. Um, and sometimes there is no rebate. Like you get the rate for the day. It sort of depends. So everybody's financing, as I've always said, is unique as them, their DNA, their property, their situation. And so what we do is we do a deep dive analysis and we say, okay, are, are we at least a half a percent or more? And then um, when are we recouping the costs, right? And right. so we have, we have software and technology and um, we do you know deep math dives on that to make sure that the consumers really recouping the costs associated with refinancing and figuring out what that break-even point is. Can you talk a little bit more about that break-even point? Because I think what a lot of people don't understand is there are costs up front to refinancing. So while that, let's say, hypothetically, it costs $1,000 to refinance, right? And so maybe your mortgage payment is going to be lowered $10 a month, mm-hmm. right? But So over a year, you're saving $120, right? And so it's going to take you you know, nine, 10 years to get that back. So that's kind of the analysis you're going through, right? Is like, when are you going to make that money back over time? 
Yeah, exactly. And when you get it, so like you look at your upfront costs, let's say it's $2,000, right? And then you take your monthly savings and it's pretty simple math. I mean, anybody can do it and say, okay, what's my monthly savings and where are my upfront costs? And then when am I going to recoup those costs based on the savings I have monthly? However, it's really interesting. And what I try to coach my clients to do is have you been comfortable making your mortgage payment currently? Like, are you, are you comfortable making the payment that you've been making? And if the answer is yes, then I tell my clients, if you're going to refinance, let's continue to set it and forget it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. keep it at that place and let's overpay that principal balance. So even yeah. though you might be saving. So, and again, everybody's situation is unique, but if you're going to be, if you're fine and you've, you've been able to pay that $120 Delta, let's just say, for example, in your example, Brennan, consistently, let's take that extra $120 and let's apply that to the principal balance. And what's really interesting then is you get these massive sort of compressions on how much more money goes to principal versus interest. And so you're, you're, you are controlling that amortization schedule. So you're the one that's pushing money, more money towards principal than um, just following the regular amortization schedule. And with that, you're shortening the life of your loan and you're potentially pushing that, that principal balance down and you're building equity, right? And so, um, so if you turn around and sell in four years, you might yeah. have more equity within the property. Um, and which gives you the ability for a bigger down payment on that next house when you sell this property. And so that's, those are things that you also need to think about. It's not just, I'm getting a lower rate. That's great, but yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that's the whole picture. And so really working with somebody who can kind of walk you through that. Right. And again, sometimes it's just, I'm saving money. You know, the other thing too is with clients right now, <clears throat> a lot of Americans right now are sitting on a ton of equity, a ton of equity. And the reason for that and why this is different than, um, you know, this, we are in a recession, right? This is, we are in a recession. We're going to continue to stay in a recession, um, more than likely moving forward, but housing has, has continued to perform very strongly. And there's several reasons for that. But one of the reasons is, is that, um, after the housing crisis in the early 2000s, um, we, the, the mortgage backed securities, not we, the mortgage backed securities made it harder to get a loan. <laughs> it's not easy to get mortgage financing. It's, it's not impossible, but it's not easy. Like we make sure you can repay your debt. We make sure you've got reserves, all those things. That's why it takes 30 days to close. Or less, or less. Yes. <laughs> or less, or less, less if you work with Stacia. But the <laughs> point is, is that, you know, you've got this, people are sitting on equity because they've had to put money down, right? There are 100% financing programs out there, down payment assistance, USDA, VA. But that 80-20, that beautiful like conventional first with that second second mortgage or second money, purchase money second, those guys went away. And so people have equity. <laughs> and so the other thing that's happening right now with, with interest rates being really low, and I encourage people to really look at their financing. Um, I'm not a licensed financial advisor or an accountant, but again, we kind of know enough to be dangerous and that we can look at things and say, you know what? You've got this debt that's sitting here that's revolving, and it's really hard to get in front of revolving debt. Um, your your APR and your interest rate on that is, you know, north of 18%, 22%. You've got these car loans out there, maybe potentially that are too high. I always say revolving debt first, fixed debt, car loans, student loans, things of that nature, second. Um, but maybe we can pull some equity out and really get in front of um, paying off this debt and really um, consolidating this debt into your equity position. So doing a cash out refinance. Now, the difference between a rate term refinance and a cash out refinance is the interest rate is higher on a cash out refinance than a rate term refinance. Okay. And the reason for that is because, um, it's a higher risk. Everything in mortgage financing is risk based. That's a higher risk to the investor and to the lender to access equity, pull it out and then pay off and distribute towards debt. But oftentimes it makes a lot of sense. Um, and so maybe your payments going up $120, but guess what? 
your actual, you, you now are not paying $300 a month or, or trying to, you know, you do these large chunks on your, um, your um, principal or sorry, no, uh, your uh, credit cards. And you can actually take that $300 payment that you've been doing. And maybe your mortgage is going up 120, but you could take that 300 and apply it to your principal. And then, I mean, then your equity position skyrockets. Right. Yeah. So we kind of look at all of these options and scenarios for people um, because we want to make sure that, I mean, money's money's cheap. It's rates are low and um, they're going to stay low for a while, I believe. Although <laughs> we have no crystal ball. I think the world has taught us right now that nothing is predictable. Um, you know, what's interesting and, and what I'm excited about, you know, obviously the vaccinations coming out and that, that could turn all of this on its head um, tomorrow. And um, while I don't think we're getting vaccinations tomorrow, I think that really, truly as, as the world sort of repairs itself from the pandemic and whatever that future state looks like, um, we're going to see, we're going to start to see more money coming back into the economy, people getting back out to normal, um, life going back to normal. And that's going to, they, they're going to want to kind of do some inflation. They're going to want to kind of raise rates to recruit the debt that we are currently in, which is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So if we have to summarize, you know, generally like why it's not, um, the best idea for everyone to refinance, you're saying it's as specific as it is to each person, just like their mortgage loan that they get. And so they need to be thinking about, you know, is it a half point or more lower? Will they get a half point more or lower? How long are they going to be in the home? Or do they have plans of selling? What were the other things you think at a high level to consider? Yeah, I mean, um, if it's if it's not a half a percent, if you're looking at all of your debt, right, and you're thinking about consolidating, maybe your rate goes up a little bit, but actually you're really saving from a from an overall financial perspective around what the debts you pay monthly. Right. Um, and then, um, you know, I, my big thing is just, let's make sure we're going to recoup that cost and not sell that house in the next you know month or, or two, two years or whatever it may be. But honestly, I mean, I just did an analysis for a client this morning that was um, purchased at the beginning of this year and um, they want to sell in four years, which is why that was stuck in my head. And uh, the cost, the, the difference in Delta between what they were at, what they, what they could be, Today, um, which is you know eleven months later, um, they're going to recoup their cost in less than a year and a half, and so for them it right. just totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You really dive in and look at the bigger picture for people, and not just the short term saving money today. What is your plan for the long term? And you know, financially, where how can we put you in the best position? So yeah. again, that is why you know we always. Um, love it when clients choose to work with you because um, that is that is a lot more important than what I think people yeah. really know and understand. Yeah. To have someone yeah. have an advocate on your side, really educating you about you know all the different pieces to this. It's huge. If you called Bank of America, they you, they would not be having that conversation with you or yeah. you know some big bank. Well, and it's really easy for people to sit around the dinner table and like <laughs> brag about what interest rate they have. But like, if they're not going to recoup those costs yeah. before they sell, like what, what Matt, like they might actually be making a worse decision. You know, you hear about those. I luckily don't have any friends, thankfully, or if they start to talk about interest rates, I'm like, okay, we're done. <laughs> but, but like, you know, people sit around and brag about that and it's like yeah. well are you really making a smart decision for yourself yeah, yeah, or do you right. just want the lowest number 
There's yeah, a lot to really. understand for sure. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's yeah. A ton. The, re- the reality of the situation is, I mean, when I bought my first house, my rate was seven and a half percent. So rates are significantly low. Like I was just talking to a client prior to this and they were like, oh, okay, I understand. They're like, okay, so 2.75. And I'm like, mm-hmm. they're like, wow, that's really low. And I'm like, you're right. It is really low. Like it's amazingly low. And you know, I, it's a fabulous time to buy and because money is so inexpensive and it, your buying power is so much more powerful. And it's just a really fabulous time to potentially, um, you know, recoup some of the equity you have in your property and, and realize it, recognize it and, and potentially lower, lower your debt. Great information, Stacia. Yeah, really helpful. I think it's a great listen for people who are thinking about refinancing. Does it make sense for you or not? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Where can people find you, Stacia, just one more time so we know, or they yes. know rather, where to check you out? <laughs> um, you can find me at delightfulrefuge.com and that will take you to our website. And then of course, we're on social media as well at Delightful Refuge. Okay, awesome. We'll link to your contact information in the show notes. Thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate you. Appreciate all of your knowledge and love having you here. It's my pleasure, you guys. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Close to Home podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at closetohomepodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend and be sure to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can also find us on social media with the hashtag Close to Home Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.